There are now 970 male asylum seekers without a bed in Ireland. Since early December, Ireland has been unable to provide emergency accommodation to all single male asylum seekers, despite international obligations to do so. The latest figures out yesterday from the Department of Integration show that since then, 1,382 eligible male international protection applicants have come to this country. There are now more than 40 tents outside the International Protection Office on Mount Street in Dublin, Some have been there for more than a month waiting for a bed to be offered to them. The men who are regularly bedding down there told our reporter Kieran Deneen that the challenges they face nightly include the weather, verbal abuse as well as the lack of basic hygiene facilities. We've been here around 30 days and uh, it's just my case. Some people here for 45, 45 days and more than that. And uh, since then we are lying on the roads. It's raining, you can see all the time in Ireland. Uh, we are here in these tents as uh, also sometimes people they come and uh, like uh, literally abuse you verbally. And uh, also someone stolen my purse as well, had some important cards, my documents. This Afghani national is one of the many asylum seekers who are sleeping rough in Dublin. There are now around 40 tents outside the International Protection Office on Mount Street. This is your sixth night here. Sixth night here. Why did you leave India to come here? Yeah, because our, uh, the politician is not good and the Hindu majority will be lots of Muslims will be killing. It's not just beds that these international protection applicants say they need. Still I'm six days we didn't shower because I don't know where is a shower. But, and uh, I go to the washroom, their mall and some cafe. But the cafe will say that they're only for the customers or what I will be do. How I will be uh, make to toilet like. Uh. The lack of proper facilities takes a toll, says this Pakistani national. Sometimes we slip at the night, the rain starts and we wait, and sometimes the storms come, so it gives a mental depression. Why Ireland? I mean, there's obviously so, uh, there's many other countries you could have gone closer to um, Pakistan. Uh, if I go there, so they will ask the same question why you are here. Yes. My childhood, I love the islands and I love these people, so that's why. I come here. I just noticed you cleaning up there. Can you tell me what you're doing and why you're, why you're doing that? Yeah, I'm actually doing that to keep a good hygiene because it's where we, we kind of uh, urinate and I sleep there probably at night. You know, the smell spreads around and, you know, makes up uncomfortable. So I'm doing it not just for me, for everyone. I can't live in a dirty environment. This Nigerian man wants hygiene facilities to be installed. We're saying something like a mobile toilet. Because if you go back there now, find a lot of feces there. So that's why I'm, I'm trying to do a little clean-up. At least the residents here, I know they're complaining because it's we doing it. for If they can provide us uh, with a mobile toilet and also a skip for the refuse. Showers are available in Merchants Quay, the Capuchin and Mendicity centres, but due to the demand, the men still go days without showering. I had my shower last week and today. That means I haven't had a shower for like seven, eight days. But, you know, we are one here now. We're all from different countries, but something is bringing us together. The movement of asylum seekers in Ireland visited the men and provided a hot meal with African spices and halal ingredients for the Muslim community. Here's Lucky Kumbale. Food is an issue. Bath 
is an issue. Toilet is an issue. You can't live like that. You can't. It, it, it's, it's just not on. Something has to be done as quickly as possible. A month ago, this 50-year-old Palestinian escaped from the war in Gaza. It is not comfortable, and it is when it is raining, it is you know it is wet all the all the clothes, all the all the tent. So it is a problem for us. Hmm. Can you keep going? Can you can you do this for another month? Uh, we hope not. We hope not. Now. We hope that we can find solution during this month, and especially and uh, we, next month it is Ramadan. And we are fasting, so it will be a big problem for us also. And if you're here on 11th of March, you're going to do it? You'll do the fasting? We have to fast, yeah, but uh, we don't know how we can do it. For many here, the experience of sleeping rough has not dashed their hopes of a better life. I've never seen any part of the world where people show love like the island. The Irish people, they are lovely, they are love givers. They come here in numbers, in different groups, provide us so many shirts, uh, give us uh, clothing, food, everything we need. We know uh, uh, we need accommodation, that is basic, but we're equally aware that the Irish government is doing their possible best to provide us accommodation. Some Irish people have expressed concerns about having single male asylum seekers coming to their communities. You're speaking to the, to the guys, you call them the guys here. How would you respond to those concerns people have? I would say to people, give people a chance. You cannot prejudge a person that is new in the country. On Mount Street, the asylum seekers are grateful for the help they get, but remain on alert for dangers. They are very good people uh, uh, around here. They, they feed us, just like you can see, there is a truck. Uh, they're distributing food, tents and stuff like that. So, but there are a few people uh, they, which are in every single country and they, 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 like we kind of fear of them, uh, to, to kind of right wing in every country. Kieran Deneen was reporting there and here in studio Endo O'Neill, head of office with the UN Refugee Agency, has been listening to that report. And Enda, you know, some of the asylum seekers that Kieran spoke to there buoyed by the kindness of strangers. But was it put into perspective by, by Lucky Cambole there who said, you can't live like this, yet hundreds of them are living like this now? Yes, it's, it's, it's extremely concerning. I think uh, the main reason why it's so disheartening is that we don't see any sign of progress. Um, this is not the first time it's happened. Uh, last year, between January and June, uh, about 1,500 people were left without accommodation. But it took the, the arson attack in Sandwich Street, I think, to concentrate the minds and to find a resolution there. So I think really we need uh, decisive action immediately if we're going to turn the situation around because the longer it persists, the harder it's going to be to take control of it. Mm. Um, So I think really that needs political leadership. There does appear to be a degree of stasis around this issue uh, that's persisted for some time. The government has a white paper that's three years old. Um, We've been awaiting a cabinet decision on the uh, updated policy around uh, accommodation for asylum seekers. Uh, We've been told for months now that that's weeks away and we've had no decision. So uh, officials are left uh, in a very constrained situation doing their best. You, you say decisive action is needed and we have international obligations but we also have a housing crisis and we don't have enough accommodation. 
Well, this is why decisive action is needed. Um, the, the numbers coming to Ireland are completely uh, in the, the normal range for European countries. Last year, the proportion of people coming um, actually fell as a percentage of the overall EU numbers of applications. So this is uh, something that every country has to deal with and we can't continue to contract all of our obligations out to the private sector. That's why. But the immediate solution here, and Nick Henderson uh, was, was on the News at One earlier in the week, now he said, and do you agree with him or do you have any knowledge around this, that there are spare beds, that uh, Ukrainian accommodation is in the system, there could be up to 2,000 of them? So, of course, there's uh, things that could be done immediately. Um, there's state land that temporary facilities could be set up on. And indeed, there's, there are over 400 people in tents as we speak. So we do need uh, a very quick response to provide for people's uh, basic humanitarian needs. But the, the longer we don't take decisions to build facilities or acquire facilities that will be there in the medium term, the... Uh, the more constrained the government is going to be in responding mm. to this. Now, we, we have a lengthy statement from the Department of Integration pointing to many of the things that they are doing and I won't go through them all because they were referenced in Kieran's report but uh, those who have not been offered accommodation are given an increase in their expense allowance. They were given an increase of €75. Euro. Uh, there's, a, there's a triage now of the most vulnerable uh, drop-in day services that we heard about there. Uh, contact with the regional homeless executive and the organisation Organisations they say are given a department duty number monitored 24-7 which can be used to refer vulnerable international protection applicants who are then prioritised for accommodation. Uh, I know you'll come back to me and say yes, great, but not enough. Look, I think we should acknowledge the government has done uh, an enormous amount to mitigate the harms that this situation is causing. However, as the numbers increase, um, those measures become uh, less effective. And uh, as we heard in the, the piece earlier, there are facilities available, but they are now overloaded. Um, people can't access showers regularly and the situation is growing more tense by the day. All right. And O'Neill, Head of Office with the UN Refugee Agency. Thank you very much.